On October 17, 2010, the Oregon Ducks football team made it to the mountaintop for the first time. Following a 43-23 road win at Washington State and a loss by top-ranked Ohio State, the team from Eugene that began play in 1894 earned its first-ever number one ranking in the Associated Press poll. Oregon became the 43rd team to hold the number one ranking in the poll, which dates back to 1936. The last time a team was number one for the first time had been almost 20 years ago to the day when Virginia rose to number one in 1990. There was nothing cavalier about this rise to the top, though. It had been earned with the best offense in college football and a punishing defense. Kelly has done with the spread option what Bill Walsh did with the West Coast offense, wrote ESPN's Ivan Mizell. Oregon's high-speed succession of play was literally changing the game of football. It was no fluke that Oregon was wearing out opponents in a way even the most veteran college football observers had never seen. Quite simply, practice made perfect. Kelly was running Oregon practices differently in what the New York Times' Pete Thamel called a kaleidoscope of colors, whistles, and music. The practices are so intense that even team managers have to tape their ankles, and they illustrate the white-knuckle philosophy of a program designed to leave opponents in its wake. ESPN christened Oregon's scheme as the blur offense. For all their intensity, Oregon's practices lasted two hours, an hour less than a typical college practice. But there is so little time between plays, Thamel added, that coaches must do their teaching with only a few words or wait until the film room. Practice had become so sophisticated and fluid that getting off 30 snaps in a 10-minute period had become common. Every detail was figured into the equation. Wide receivers were instructed to run backward to the huddle to see the next play being called by the quarterback and not to chase after missed passes and to sprint to the referee to hand him the ball after a completion so the ball could be spotted as soon as possible for the next play. Four managers signaled plays at all times in practice, with three using hand signals and another holding up large cue cards that feature a host of pop cultural references, from pictures of movie characters to shots of ESPN anchors. In some drills, managers posing as defensive linemen wear concoctions of duct tape and cardboard inspired by samurai flags Kelly saw in a movie that mimic the size of a tall defensive lineman with his arm outstretched. I was dizzy walking off the field, said John Gruden after watching Oregon's practices. It's a philosophy that is the damnedest thing I've ever seen. I love it and can't get enough of it. Yet it wasn't just that Oregon was running and moving faster in games than their opponents. It was more mental conditioning, former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy, whose son was a freshman on the team, told Thamel. It put such a strain on you, like Georgetown back when John Thompson was there and they were pressuring and attacking you. At some point you say, I need a break for a couple of minutes. Mentally, teams fatigue more than physically. When UCLA came to Eugene for a Thursday evening contest televised on ESPN, it was a special moment for Oregon's fans and even for Autzen Stadium announcer Don Essig. I've been waiting 43 years to say this, Essig told the crowd as Kelly's team took the field. You're number one ranked Oregon Ducks.